Hi, my name is Art Halloran. I'm CEO of Trillion Energy. Uh, we're an oil and gas uh, producing company in Turkey with predominantly our major asset is in the off sea, uh, sorry, offshore in the Black Sea off Turkey. Great. Um, Art, nice to meet you. Thank you for the introduction. Um, <clears throat> now, the last time you spoke with Crux was in September uh, of last year. And you had just raised some money, and you you were going to use that money for a drill program. Can you just remind me how much you raised, and what was the drill plan that you laid out in in September? Yes, we raised um, a total of forty one million dollars Canadian, and we spotted our first well in October of uh, last year, and we're drilling long reach directionally drilled wells off of the platform to access uh, the proven gas pools. And we've drilled now three of these long-reach directional well, directionally drilled wells. One of them is a measured distance of four, kilom- four kilometers. And we've also recompleted a um, another well. So now we have four producing gas wells. So that's four for four. And we are pr- pretty well halfway through our fifth fifth well, which will be another gas well because we're uh, twinning a, a discovery that was not put on production. We were getting, we started off with about $31 US and MCF gas, and we're still in the $15 uh, US MCF uh, up range. And then each well will test between 6 to 10 million cubic feet per day. They're capable of being put on production uh, 3 to 4 million cubic feet per day. But right now they're being choked a bit back because when we put on a, a like a higher pressure well, it backs out, backs out from the production. So we, we are in the process of uh, just drilling gas wells and, and putting them on per, on production. Are, the, are, the, are these wells in production already? The three that you've the three long reach wells that you've drilled and the one the recompleted well are they on production already or are they, are they still in yet to be tied in and? Um, and uh, cash flow positive. Yeah, so that's a very good point because I always forget to bring that up is that we, we have the existing infrastructure. It is already there. So we have four platforms, um, 18 kilometers of subsea pipelines and an onshore production facility. So when we drill these wells, we perforate them and we turn them over to uh, the production department, which is TPAO, our... Um, 51% partner, which is a Turkish government, and it's on production within one day. So there is no time delay or any extra capex to bring these wells on. And the other thing is, because there's a push with TPAO not to be more f- um, environmentally friendly, all the testing and everything we do on these wells are are within our facilities, so not one molecule goes to, to the atmosphere. So um, th- that that means that you that's fantastic, um, and th- that means that when you uh, do the, the the testing, that does that generate cash flow, or is that just just like does that flow into the is that metered? Yeah, that's correct. So it it's it's tested into our pipelines and through a meter and right into our facility, and you you can imagine that you can, you can contain some of the gas in uh, your facility and your pipeline. Yeah, you just build up the pressure, but we have a good, um, the sales pipeline is right at the edge of the facility, and because TPAO is a government company, they make room in the sales line, so the wells are drilled between 45 to 48 days, and then are 
on right on production. And the whole intent here is we're going to be having, we already have four and then we're going to have five and we plan to exit 2023 with 13 wells. So when we get towards the winter, we are actually going to have a lot of gas wells um, producing to capture any um, increase in uh, the price of gas. Now, clearly a four kilometer long-reach directional drill hole um, well will cost more than a one which is just kind of a, sh- a short vertical. But um, <laughs> yeah. what, what 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 is the range of these costs of each of these wells that you are that you're drilling? So the range for their long-reach direction drill wells are between eleven to thirteen million dollars, and so far we've been um, on budget and on on time. And right now we're pushing the envelope. In other words, this is some of the, the the really new technologies that have not been done in Turkey and a lot of part of Europe because these are quite, because of the stratigraphic interval is quite um, not that thick. We're only drilling true vertical depth between 14 to 1600 meters. And so the measure depth is up to four kilometers. So there's a lot of engineering issues. And what I've always said in my any of my presentations is we know the gas is there. There's no, there's no mystery about the gas. There's a lot of gas because we went from 20 BCF to 45, sorry, 48 BCF and then a 63. And that's just our 49%. And we're finding more gas. It was always an engineering um, exercise on being able to um, do enough upfront loading and learning to to drill these uh, these wells. Um, when I listened to the interview last that you did uh, in last September, uh, you talk about the, it being the kind of um, the the last money that you'd ever need to raise. Uh, kind of, it was forty one million dollars US uh, Canadian, a thirty million dollar US, and you were going to drill the wells and you're going to be cash flow positive. And uh, you've just raised um, a, deben- a debenture of fifteen million dollars. Um, That's correct. Does that mean that it's cost more than you expected to execute that engineering phase? Part of that answer of that is yes, things slowly um, creeped up in cost, but that wasn't the reason why we uh, did the debenture raise. The reason why we did that was there's a couple of really good solid reasons. One of them is we are now have added uh, six more wells in between. We've always had seven and then ten, and now we put in another um, six in between. And these are not directionally drilled wells. Well, they're not long reach, they're still directionally drill wells. They are sidetracks from existing boreholes. And what we found was when we recompleted Akachoka 3 and, and the G&G started taking a look through the, the data, the old four pools were never totally drained. So they would look at it and they would say, okay, the pool had 14 BCF and they only drained nine or five. And they looked at it and they, they see it potentially because they didn't use big enough perf guns or they perforated four or five zones and one watered in. So we're just doing um, directionally drilling out of the existing old borehole instead of going in and trying to cement off the old perfs and so on. And then going out a bit and then drilling into new, um, like a new zone, but still in the old pool. And this is a long answer. So we had to buy some like whip stocks and so on that were not in our budget. So this debenture is partly used used for that. The other thing is um, our shares have always been, they just seem to be stagnated in the, the 37, 38, 40 cent range. And 
I think I don't think that the message is getting across that this is a um, it's a boring story. We just drill gas wells, we bring it on, and there's just not a lot of excitement about it. So I want to kickstart the expiration because the expiration will be a jump start. It's like a different magnitude of target. And for that, I need a couple extra million dollars. And finally, the other reason uh, for the debenture, and there was a lot of chatter that um, we didn't have enough money. And there was a lot of chatter out there that a group said that they could do a pure equity raise in the low 30 cent um, price range. This is Canadian. And what would happen is we'd go on the road show, we'd, we'd talk to good investment funds, but they would not buy in the open market because they say we're going to wait for the equity raise. And the equity raise was never going to happen. It was just a chatter. So we thought if we did the debenture and the convert, if they do a convert to 60 cents, that people would now look at it and say, okay, they have enough money. Um, and if they are going to convert, that this it'll be at 60 cents to try to get rid of that um, discussion or, or you know perception that why should I buy in the open market if there's going to be a low price equity raise anyway? So that was that was the reason for the, the the venture. And finally, as a CEO, a little extra money um, gives you opportunities for other things. How are the first three or four wells performing? You know, um, are, are they um, giving you the 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 netbacks that you um, worked on? I see that in your presentation you talk about a, a, a at a price of seventeen dollars per. Um, MCF, you you get a net back of thirteen dollars. Do I just subtract two dollars when you when the average price is fifteen dollars? That that's correct. Yeah. And the thing about the wells, <clears throat> so we purchased the existing infrastructure. So you will have the three platforms are on small spurs into a main line, and I'm just trying to give you a discussion on the performance of the wells here. So the wells. In a well, we might find 75 meters or 35 meters of pay, and we're not um, completing them like they did before. We're not trying to perforate eight or nine zones. We're starting off at the lowest zone, and if we get a certain production rate, we put that on, and then we're going to produce that until you get a certain decline, and then work up whole and perforate it because the, per the platforms have a wire line, so we don't need the rig to put that on production. But what's happened is we have reservoirs at 1,400, 1,200 meters, and we have reservoirs at 1,600 meters. And it was like three straws attached to a bigger straw. So like Gulich had, was at 2,000 PSI, and West Akachoka was producing at about 1,400 PSI. So when we put on Gulich at 6 million cubic feet per day, it backs out some of the other production from the other wells, like the other well was producing 3 million and it might back it out. That only affects it in the short term and people are seem to be more concerned about the short term due to the price. But over the, the life of the field, none of that gas is lost. It'll all be produced. So the wells are actually still performing very well. Like Akachoka 3, which was a recompletion and it was like about five meters of sand. Um, produce about $8 million of gas already. It only costs us about $3 million to do that. Okay, gotcha. Um, um, where, so when did that come on stream, that one, uh, Achoka? Achoka 3 would be November 
yeah, towards the end of November. It was our second second well, and that was when we learned that we better not be fishing for things in the borehole because it was we, we were about two million dollars over budget on that one, and that's the only one we've really been over. And because fishing jobs, you know, when you have junk in the hole and you try to catch it and pull it out, can sometimes be a real bear. And so that's when we decided, you know, that, and it can sometimes just run away. So you have a job that's going to say you're going to cost $2 million. You can end up spending 6 $7 million. And then the side tracks don't cost uh, $13, $11 million. They're like 7 to $9 million. And that's why we're doing those uh, those six side tracks. Thank you. I'm just trying to um, uh, work out, uh, because a, a lot of the, in, the investment case in Trillion is the cash flow uh, yep, you story, it. you know, the fact that by the end of the year, according to your presentation, you're looking at 70 or $75 billion run rate. Just, it, but the, 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 the tricky point is navigating there, you know, so yep, it's, yep. it's, it's, it's looking to see how they, the cash, uh, balances, the cash in balances the cost out over the next three months, I would say is kind of crucial. Yeah, that's right. And, and the one thing about this project is if it was just two or three wells, you would get squeezed. So when we had a good high price, we were, you know, making a lot, a, a lot per month. Now we're at about $15. So you say, okay, we're making about a million dollars a well per month. Right. And so you say, okay, I'm going to exit the year with 13. So that's $13 million a month. So you're now talking, you know, 130, about $140 million um, a year. So you can, you can now say, okay, well, what if I just get half that, right? So you can see that even even at at three quarters of a million dollars per well, 10 wells, you're making seven and a half million dollars a month, right? And that's the whole key. So we are already going to be, the next two wells are, if they fail engineering, that's the only way they won't work, but we have well insurance. So we already have four Two more are for sure. There's no way they're not gas wells because they were uh, vertically drilled, tested. I can tell you that the well we're drilling right now, um, Behanli 2, the well has got about 35 meters of pay. I can tell you it's going to test about 6 to 10 million cubic feet per day because that's exactly what it did before, right? So the cash flow, when we were getting 31 bucks or $17, we, you know, you could say, okay, I got four wells, I'm safe. Now I look at it and say, okay, I already got four. I'm going to get two more. So if I get seven wells, then things are, are pretty well, um, you know, paying um, for when you say, and so on. So four plus two to get to seven. Does that mean that you're um? There's another one in the half what the well that's half drilled at the moment. That's correct. That so that includes that one. So we already got four wells, and behindly now is about a couple of hundred meters from intermediate casing, which then is about another. 100 meters from TD. Okay. Right. And and then two more after that. And then the other one is Alapili, which would be right after that. So those are the six, two, the, the, sorry, the, the two um, existing gas, well, I mean, well, existing gas pools. And then we're going to have six more side tracks because we just find them, they're just very low risk. They're cheaper. We're trying to accelerate. So instead of taking 45 to 48 days, it only takes about 31 to 35 days to drill complete and put on production. And in that way, instead of bringing another rig to drill more wells, which is a, you know, a whole exercise on itself, we're trying to be like an accordion and fit more wells 
by um, drilling wells that are faster and uh, and cheaper, but still with the same uh, gas punch, like the same same rate. And so, will all of those twelve wells be targeting the sixty-three um, BCF resource or the reservoir? The, at the end of the year, we had we didn't have Gulich, right? And we didn't have West Akachoka. And so that was your 40, 45. And then when we had Gulich, which added, um, you know, almost like 12, we, we went up. That's just our percentage. Like I always say, we went up to about um, 63 BCF. And so you have additional wells that are attached to that to actually capture that, that gas. Um, how many, we don't know. So we have to wait for the, like the pressure analysis and so on. But what people are not really don't really know is that Gulich, South Akachoka, and West Akachoka were actually exploration wells. Okay, right. Um, they were never they were never reserve wells um, under the definition of the fifty one one hundred one from the GLJ report. But when we looked at them, we saw that they were um, the same seismic um, signature, all that kind of same stratigraphic. And because we de-risked the model, the uh, engineering, the reserve engineer actually, at the end of the year, no longer had West Akachoka as an expiration. They had it as an extension because they realized that we've de-risked the model. So those the 63 BCF is just for the reserve wells and these discoveries that we've done. They don't include the other prospects from the JLJ report. And they also do not include... Um, any of the stratigraphic expiration targets that we're um, refining. So what we've done, we had the old, we had the 3D seismic, which was very good quality, but the processing wasn't really done that well, and it was also depth um, processed. Uh, sorry, time processed, whereas, whereas now we've got new algorithms. We're going to depth um, process it and redo the AVO and when we took a look at it and had an early look to see the parameters for the future, so we've already started it. It'll be finished in September, so it's an existing data set. Uh, we find that there are, like I say, there's way more gas than even I anticipated. We find very large stratigraphic type targets that are in exactly the same reservoir, have exactly the same um, source rocks, and the same seismic um, signatures and AVO anomaly as the structural targets that we have. So from my experience, they'll be gas bearing. It's just that nobody's ever drilled one. Uh, and therefore you can't even, they're like, they would be classified as a grassroots exploration. So after we get all the seismic and so on, I will send that over to the engineering firm to get some kind of resource number. But we're going to try to probably drill the best one in 2024. And if you look at it, I would say there's probably 100 plus BCF for the stratigraphic. So that would be added to the, um, the other reserves. So and, and just so you could, so that 63 BCF is actually like 100 and, 126 BCF for the whole lease, right? The 63 is just our 49%. Yeah. Okay. Okay, and the the other prospects which are outside of that sixty three, which but were and were outside of the um, JLG report, uh, the, these are that the, you've got a whole suite of structural targets as well as the stratigraphic ones that you've just been talking about. Yeah, so we'll start with we have the the reserve structural targets, 
and we have a report on that. Then we have the structural resource of targets, which we have a GLJ report on that also, because it's the same animal as the as the ones that are the reserves. So it might be a limb that's sticking out or a similar structure, but has not been drilled. So we have those. But then there's another whole layer that is strictly stratigraphic. So you have your structural component, and then you'll have on lapping or something on that structure, or you will have a channel that's in a low area. Those have not been um, evaluated with the, the third party yet, but those are the ones that we're getting the data um, reprocessed and so on. And I would, like I say, suspect you're going to have more gas in those stratigraphic targets than in all the structural ones that we've already drilled and are going to drill. Dude, um, are these uh, well-established uh, stratigraphic traps in the region? Have other people uh, drilled them? No. And no? No. So again, we're the only guys in the area, so there's no competitors. And the reason why we just say that they're they have a high probability is because if you can imagine, they're exactly the same stratigraphic la layer. They're buried in the same source rock. They have exactly the same seismic anomaly that says it's gas saturated. But instead of being curved like this, it's just a flat line body. So there's no reason to suspect it's not gas. Like it's exactly the same character. It's just that it doesn't have a structure. So it, it, it just said it's never been drilled before as a strictly 100% stratigraphic target. So nobody's drilled them yet. And, you know, by the end of 2024, we'll probably put in the best candidate, uh, sorry, end of 2023, beginning of 2024, and then drill that. And if that's successful, that then that de-risks the whole uh, stratigraphic exploration. Yeah. No play. Um, tell me a bit more about the um, the AVOs, these amplitude variable variability offsets, because in my understanding, which is fledgling, it works better in um, younger, less well consolidated uh, geology, um, and it, and you can it can give up false anomalies, you know, kind of fizzy water, just kind of saturated a little bit of gas in water. So, can you just talk to me a little bit about the, your confidence in using AVO as a um, as a as a targeting vector, yep. So these these sands or clastic sandstones, they're um, conventional reservoir. They are unconsolidated or slightly consolidated, so they're very, like you say, loose. Really good porosity, twenty eight percent, fantastic permeability. They are the Eocene Miocene type um, sands, and they are stacked from the past. Um, so what's happened is that before it was what what it was was like a pseudo AVO, and what I mean by that is they saw a, a characteristic in the seismic, and it turned out that when they drilled it, they got gas. When they didn't have one and they drilled it, they got no gas, right? And that's why they had an eighty percent success rate. But what I had the um, my geophysicist do is to go back to the data and actually do a real AVO with the old data and calculate the OA. The, the AVO, and that's why we came up with all these um, really nice stratigraphic traps. As you can see, there's the AVO in it. And so we have that. We gave those parameters to the the seismic processor, and that's going to be redone. Like, it's going to be finished in September, but we're going to spend a couple of months 
So we are very confident we can identify gas, but you bring a good point. And this is where if you want to justify another platform or so on, so you see four or five um, nice targets that you can reach from, a, reach from a platform, but you want to be able to define whether at the edge of the, the anomaly it's a 40% gas saturation or 60% gas saturation, because that makes a big difference in the economics and also will make a difference in the size of the the, the gas pool, right? And so that's what we're trying to, to resolve. So right now what they've done is they've they've drilled the ones that they, they basically say, yeah, we know it's 80 or 70% or 60% gas saturation. And we're trying to now just um, feather that out and maybe define 40 or 50% type saturation. At the same time with the depth structure, I mean, the, the depth, um, uh, you know, seismic correlation, we're going to get a better structural map. So we might find like little limbs sticking out from the old structural prospect. So this is, I mean, it's pretty exciting. The reason why it's really exciting is that we started with 20 BCF reserves, then it went to 48, then 63. And that's like I say, that's just half. That's our half. But when we look at the stratigraphic, we see that we're going to double it. Right. So, so and, and the, the, the sandstone reservoirs, you're sufficient. They've got, um, you're, you're satisfied. They've got sufficiently good cap rocks to, to provide stratigraphic traps. You know, there's a, there's a permeability barrier above these sands that, that um, gives you the confidence that the sandstones are potentially gas-filled. Yeah, that's correct, because what it is, it's, it's some of it's turbidite flows, but a lot of it is the sand that's flown offshore down canyons and then went out in platforms, and then it would sit there nice and quietly for a while, and then the mud would settle on it. And so you have the sand shale, sand shale, and that's why we can get, 75 meters of um, of gas sands, but there might be eight different sands or nine different sands because each little shale, and then in, in the deeper structures, it's not that deep. It's like 1,200 meters and so on. Even when you get the the folding, you don't get the flower structures. Like, you know, when you get the, the apex, you get fine little breaks, and then the gas will leak out. It's nice, nice rollover in the front. But as you start getting more shallow, closer to shore, the structures have bled. So the, you have a whole bunch of little fractures in the apex of the structure, but not where we actually are, um, are producing. I mean, onlapping the stratigraphic um, target can be respectable volumes. I mean, I, I, yes, I know that it's got a channel dimension to it, but it can still, it can still be a, de- a, a decent volume size. Yeah, so that's, so that's it. That's exactly it. So... But, you know, potentially these, um, some of these stratigraphic targets are not going to be, so the structural ones are broken. You have a, you know, an east limb, a left limb, and a main structure. And so you have three separate little pools. But for the onlapping or some of these channels, they, they aren't broken up. And so you're going to find a lot larger, a larger pool, which you can drain uh, with less wells. And then also off block. So we have the block, and then off block, there's some very larger, uh, larger structures. So the so the structures on SASB are like three kilometers by one kilometer. The other ones are like five kilometers by ten kilometers. And on that, you start looking see if you can see any onlapping, and uh, we have all that all that data. So 
the really exciting thing about it is that because we have the existing infrastructure, we have the competitive advantage because with with all the gas, without the stratigraphic ones, but with the structural ones, if you didn't have the existing infrastructure, you probably would not even pursue a lot of them, right? Because it's pretty, it would be pretty cap, capex intense. When you talk about off block, what do you mean by that? You know, the, the bigger targets you're looking at. So what we do is we, we have the, the production lease, which is called SCSB. But at one time we owned all the land, like, you know, probably 20 times the amount of land. And so we have all the seismic, we have many, many prospects mapped and so on. And that's what I call off block. Um, the, the only, the conversation at around 2000 was, they know these structures are there. They know their potential um, filling and so on. The conversation was there was not enough gas generated in the Black Sea in this area to actually charge the larger the larger structures. So they made a conscious decision to drill the SESB types. Well, now with um, the big the big discoveries by uh, TPAO, which is our partner, uh, the uh, the Turkish government, they have found seventeen nineteen TCF. Um, about a hundred miles north of where we are, roughly within the same stratigraphic interval and the same source rocks. But what it really says is that the evolution of the basin was such that there was a lot of gas generated. So these larger structures or larger um, stratigraphic traps, um, there was enough gas to charge them, you know, full. And um, is is there, is there competition in your? I, mean, I, I know you said that you don't have any immediate neighbors, but um, surely with the success, the recent exploration success in the Black Sea, there are other people looking at your, I mean, is, is the data that you've got on your off-block area, is that widely available? Are other people looking at it? Do you worry about potentially the, the better targets being scooped up by someone else? Yeah, so most of the discoveries are where TPAO is at the edge, and so it's in the waters where all the, the land meets with Bulgaria, and Romania and so on. So there's a lot of discoveries there. Where we are, there's an area There's an area from the shore to a certain distance out where we could pick up the land 100%. But past that, it all belongs to TPAO, the Turkish Petroleum Company. And you would have to farm in, in for that. As for competitors in the area, there, there are none. And, and you know how it works. Uh, you know, I'll say, okay, I'm going to look for a 200 BCF a target or a 500, you always end up finding more smaller ones than larger ones. So I might find a 50 or a 20 or a 30. Um, any competitor, anybody, you know, they they can't put those on production because they aren't big enough to build an a existing, I mean, build a facility or all that kind of stuff. Whereas with with uh, us, we could, we could do subsea completions and run a spur to our closest platform and then run it through our, you know, gathering system down into um, our facility. So that's again how we how we can can do it. A lot of the seismic only we have; nobody else has that seismic. And of course, we have tons of um, prospects in the in our files because of that. It's 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 always nice to talk about the big exploration prize. It's always good to talk about the 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 structures which are five five kilometers across or whatever it is. But um, it. It's you know while that is always out there as a kind of a degree of optionality or exploration upside, it feels as if the the kind of the bread and butter of the company is incremental 
um, uh, addition of new wells, new side tracks, um, build up that cash flow, that build up that cash flow until you become a compelling investment on a on a cash flow basis and a just kind of backed by your your resources and reserves. But uh, the, the, are you looking to drive the value of your company as a multiple of your cash flow? Let's say you're able to demonstrate that you can produce a run rate of $100 million a year or $50 million a year or $200 million a year. Are you then looking to to compare yourself to your peers and say, listen, they trade it um, 10 times or seven times um, earnings. We should be trading, therefore, at $700 million or $1 billion. Is, is, is that the kind of investment thesis? When I first, when I first started... I looked at SCSB, and I always like a project like this because inf- existing infrastructure is the most important aspect of it, and you have to have, um, of course, potential reserves. And I always thought SCSB is a company maker. SCSB, um, I always thought, you know, buck fifty-two dollars a share because you're gonna the gas is there. It's just drill the wells, put them on production. And I thought we'd be, you know, sixty cents a buck, fifty-two dollars, generate a lot of cash flow. But it was always to be the cash engine to do like a bigger project, a bigger project with more impact. Because you know, imagination is always, always bigger than what reality is, right? And we're not getting the value for SCSB. But you can imagine if we can, if we're going to be generating, say, free cash flow of forty million a year, or fifty million a year, or seven million a year, and we're not talking, you know, six months, a year, two years, and the, its cash is gone. These wells have got seventy-five meters of pay in it. To drill the well costs, you know, say eleven million. To recomplete with the wire line costs three hundred thousand. So right now the wells are producing out of a five-meter or seven meter zone. So then we're going to produce that, generate a lot of cash flow, and then for another three to five hundred thousand dollars, we perforate another zone. And so we're going to be generating a lot of cash. So either we pay income tax or we use it to find something bigger, right? And there are a lot of opportunities in Turkey, and I always say off block, and that's really grassroots exploration. So that's one thing I have to, you know, say is that Maybe we're looking at the Cretaceous, there might be something there, or we look at the same stratigraphic interval, but it's grassroots. It's, you know, we're looking for a big project, but, you know, the risk and reward. But there's also a lot of opportunities in Turkey and, and other places around that I think um, with the same kind of attention to de- detail and bringing more advanced technologies, I think there's a lot a lot of potential for a bigger a bigger um project. So SASB, you know, two, three hundred BCF, but I think there's projects out there, you know, half a TCF and a TCF. Yeah, exactly. Go for the um, swing swing the swing the bat and go for the TCF. In in a sense the credibility on the uh on the SSAB is gonna come with the quarterly um with the with your quarterly cash uh figures, your quarterly cash figures at the end of each quarter, I think that's gonna be the the, the the yardstick and it might take another quarter or two for the market to catch up but when it does I think that's when you would look to get the re-rating so I think it's all going to be about um, cost management and then it brings me to the other side of the equation which of course is the 
the gas price because your revenues do depend on gas price. Um, uh, it, you know, we've gone from 31 to 15 in 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 eight months. It was a super crazy time last year. Uh, I noticed that yesterday the some of the um, the 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 energy costs in Europe were up at ten thousand dollars per kilowatt hour uh, on a short time basis, you know, because of the I- irregular supply, the lumpy supply. Um, have you got a view on where gas prices are going uh, th- th- during the course of this year? Yeah, so I'll, like I'll step back a bit. So yeah. when we went through the project, we were always happy at eight to nine dollars in MCF because that's been the historic price in in turkey it's always been been like that i think for the last 10 years before all this um invasion and so on it it averaged like eight to nine dollars in mcf so we did all our calculations for eight to nine dollars in mcf we started our first raise we got a price reservation from the the security exchange and then the invasion happened while we were doing our raise and of course we got oversubscribed and we had the we didn't take it all because we didn't want to be really diluted at that short, um, I mean, at that low price. But now when you look at the price, we're still getting $15, just under $15 on MCF. And I don't think, I don't think it'll go down below 12 over the summer. And then it's going to ramp up back into the winter because the, there's, the supply is just not there. Like everybody's talking about LNG, how that's going to make the difference. But Europe, I, I don't know how true it is. Just, just, I'm just reading it. They've more or less swiped the LNG from the Asian countries by outbidding them, right? And the, so that market is still there. Yeah. So I think there's going to be some some arm wrestling, and the price is going to go up. And it doesn't have to go to thirty bucks for us if it goes up to twenty dollars, twenty six dollars, um, eighteen dollars. That really makes a big um, a big punch for us because we don't pay we don't spend any money in infrastructure capex it's only drilling and so I'm really hoping that well it's not going to be hope because this well will have probably another it'll be four maybe seven eight wells maybe a bit more by early you know late summer early fall and that's when the price should start ramping back up again. Uh, thank you very much. I've got I've got a much better understanding of the company now um, than I did before. Um, it's good to uh, learn about the the the, the geology and uh, the infrastructure advantage that you've got and the way that your wells are being structured um, in terms of the rollout. The rollout of your news flow. Kind of what what do you what do you um, how do you envisage kind of delivering news to the market? Are you going to do it in quarterlies and, and or are you going to do it on a more uh, um, ad hoc basis and what are the key milestones that you'll be looking for yes so when we first started this we had a story that we were going to do this and we're going to do that and the one thing that people don't realize is that this field was mothballed it was pretty well slated for um decommission and it's because um they weren't comfortable drilling out a certain distance it was past the envelope so we walked up and we said we're going to drill these wells for this cost, and we're going to access this gas. And the conversations that we had were, well, there isn't enough gas to do that. You can't drill the wells because it's technically impossible, and you can't do it for that price. So we've done everything 
we have said we're going to do. And right now, so all we're really going to be doing is exactly the same thing, which that's my one comment is that it's a boring story. There is no really um, risk and excitement. It is putting a well on every 45 to 48 days and putting it on production within one day after perforating it and exiting 2023 with about 11, 12, maybe 13 wells uh, wells producing. The only, the only maybe big, big news that might happen would be, I will say I have picked up a um, expiration block with this kind of a potential and, um, you know, more, more of a larger type target. So that's, that's the one conversation when we talk to bankers, they like it. They don't like anything that's rocks a boat and that's mystery. And we say the gas is there. I'm hoping to have an expiration well, one of the strata graphics, maybe early 2024. But this conversation, when you talk to investors, you start, they start yawning. They start saying, well, you know, because they don't, they don't realize that we could lose a well and it won't make a difference to the project, right? We have 13 wells for this one. We have, we could drill, we, we basically have all the wells organized for all of 2023, early 2024. And then we're going to add some exploration stratigraphic wells. And so we went on road shows and we talked to people. So I, I'm just hoping that eventually we'll get some big firms that will say, yeah, it's just, they're just treading through the snow, getting to the place at each time there's a well on and they're doing exactly what they say. And then we can just take the pencil and work out the cash flow. And so when we start getting to like the six or seven well, and we start having the big cash flows, even at the lower gas price, I think people will start believing, believing the story, even though they should, because we've already done four, right? Art, thank you very much. I look forward to um, seeing the progress through the course of the year. Okay. Thanks a lot for the chat. I really appreciate it.